dealing with with the kingdom that kingdom come that will be done uh, we've been reading that verse for a while but today I'm gonna just dive into 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1721 amen we left off with that last week let's go back to that 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 through 20 one through the amplifier that will come up on the screen and I will read it until I stop. Amen. And the reason such in our in our reading. Therefore, if any man, if any person is engrafted in Christ, and also Christ engrafted in you, the Messiah, he is a new creation. A new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. That's, that's, that's me right there. That's, that's me. Amen. Amen. Let's go on. Okay. Um, behold, the fresh and new has come. Behold, all things are from God, who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself, received us into his favor, brought us, brought us into harmony with himself. Somebody say thank you. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation that by words and deed we might Aim, intentional purpose, bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor and blessing with himself, not counting up or holding against Man or us, their trespasses, but counseling them, blotting them out. Somebody will say thank you. Somebody will say hallelujah. Say he's talking about me. He's talking about me. Amen. Let me find my place again. Okay. And committing to us the message of reconciliation, of restoration to favor. We, say we, we, are Christ's ambassadors. Stop right there. That's it. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm an ambassador, I'm an ambassador. and witness, and witness. For, God. for God. Amen. Father, even now, as I get ready to preach your word, Move Tracy out the way and, Lord, allow me to become an instrument of your glory. Lord, speak to us. Lord, speak to us. Make clear your intentions. Make, make clear your way. Make clear. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. It's funny how God sets us up, and, and if you are willing and intentional, God will bring things your way. 
funny, we, was in, we were in the office and Justin was talking. And Justin said, I have a question. I said, yeah, man, what's the question? He said, why don't we as the church do the festivals and the feasts of the Old Testament? He said, because Messianic Jews do it. I said, Justin, we don't have to do it because all that represented Christ. All that was pointing towards what we have. All that was a shadow of what was to come. Did you know that even the Ten Commandments was not given for us to live right? It was given that we would see how far we have fallen from the glory of God. And it's funny how we take the picture of God and try to emulate the picture of God without having God in us if you're not saved. Well, God was trying to show us, this is what I originally intended you to be. Let me show you what you're not so I can make you what you, so I can give you what you need. See, until you recognize you need something, you won't ask for it. And God has purposely and is always purposely setting us up that we come to the place of where he is blessing. Oh, somebody need to say amen. amen. Matter of fact, and what God wants, because if you are his ambassador, you are his representative, you are his witness, God wants to know, are you available? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you available? Two things happen. Just, 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 just an example. Had the prayer, uh, the man's prayer breakfast. A lot of men was there. Brother James Dean was, he brought a friend from work, young man, about in his 20s, a little bit older than that maybe. So after the prayer breakfast, he introduced me to the young man, and the young man just started talking to me. Okay? And as he's talking to me, uh, uh, he talked about a hard life. His, both his parents died by the time he was 20. He wasn't much older than 20. And he was saying how, how, how hard life has been. And I said, man, can I pray for you? So I took the time to pray for him right there. Now listen what happened. As I'm praying for him, my mind is on the prayer of what I'm saying. But in my spirit came up, he don't know me. Did y'all hear that? My mind was on the prayer. But in my spirit, the Holy Spirit was saying, he don't know me. So after I prayed for, for God to help him, what I did was, I said, man, do you know, the Lord? have you ever accepted the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, no. I said, do you believe he died and he rose again for your sins? He said, yes. I said, do you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ? You know what he said? He said, yeah. All right. Now you got to understand what happened. We had a man's prayer breakfast. Brother James Dean was moved to invite this young man. This young man came. Brother James Dean invited him and said, this is my pastor. I took the time to talk to him while I was praying to him. God said, this is the divine moment. You, do, you need to do more than pray for him because he don't know me. You know what? I did not know that. You know what? Then because I was available and listening, I led him to the Lord right there. Amen. Damon, hold on, hold on. I said, 
Damon last week said, Reverend Venice, I got a, 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 I got a friend I want to bring to you because she can't get over, she can't get over the problems. So he, I said, him make an appointment. He brought her last week. Am I right? And we're sitting there, she's talking in her childhood, her life, and she's crying. And while we were sitting there, something told me, he didn't tell me that she didn't know him. God wants not just to use me because I'm a pastor, just because I'm a Christian. And in our office, she accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. The harvest is white, but the workers are not. Listen, listen, just tell them what you know. Just, I don't have to go through a whole lot. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died and he rose again? Do you want him in your life? Okay, say, Lord, come in my life and be my savior. Guess what? All of you can do that. Listen, because it's not knowing everything. It's knowing what you know. That was so awesome. The story of Jesus didn't start in the gospel. It started in Genesis. It started when God had to cover Adam and Eve with, with, with an animal skin. Something had to die in order to cover them because they were no longer covered in God's glory. So God had to cover them with something dead. Guess what? Because we are from Adam and Eve, God has to cover us with Jesus, who is the glory of God. And when you and Jesus, God now sees himself in you. Turn to you and listen. I'm his witness. I'm his witness. I'm his ambassador to the world. To the world. See, 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 what I realize is this. When I'm all in my head, I'm not focused on him. When we are focused on us, then our problems seem bigger than anything else. I tell you what, I dare you, on a day that you having pity party, go to the shrine's burn unit and walk through the hallways. Listen, I, I go through all the hospitals. I see a whole lot of stuff. The one place where I have to prepare myself is a walking through Shriners burn unit. Am I right about it? You actually see people whose limbs been burnt off, face been burnt off. I mean, literally destroyed by fire. And if you and if you're not and if you're not ready, you will find yourself balled up in a corner crying because they got to live like that for the rest of their life. You hear them screaming where they got to scrape the dead skin off so the infection won't. You know what? When you walk through that, you feel like, okay, Lord, my problem ain't that bad. Uh, I'm okay. Okay, Lord, we can, we can do this. See, see, and when you step into somebody, and some of us, the, we need to step into somebody else's world. When you step into somebody else's world, it take your mind off of you. See, for some of us, it's too much us. 
Adam and Eve was not focused on themselves till after the fall. That's what happened. They become I-itis, me-itis, my-itis, my way-itis. Do you got the itis? Watch this. When we go to Isaiah 53 and God begins to deal with Israel, he begins to really, we find ourselves in these scriptures. We find what God has a want for our lives and we find the definition of an ambassador. It's Isaiah 43 beginning in verse 10 and he says, you are my witnesses. Listen, a witness means you have seen something or experienced something, which means that if you have not experienced him or seen him, you can't talk about him. I mean, it, it carries no weight. It carries no anointing. Now, God will use a mule to talk for him and get people saved. But when you know him, there is a, there is a conviction about your story. See, when you're his witness, you don't care what nobody else has to say. You know what you know. Listen, there's a whole lot of stuff out there, and we don't expect you to be able to, 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 to get into a debate. But you shouldn't let nobody move you off of what you know if you know. If you know. If you know, see, see, see your confirmation or your, or, your, or, your, or your confidence should be built on your experience and on the word of God. You can ask the preachers here. When they came to me and said, I, I think I've been called, I sent them back out with the thank. Am I right about it? Am I right about it? Did I accept the thank? You know why? Even if I knew they was called, I wasn't going to tell them. Why? Because I knew the hell they were going to face in ministry and they needed something stronger than I think. They had to go back to God until they said, I know. Let me, let me, let me, can, can, can I get a little bit deeper? You better know you say. You think you say ain't enough. There ought to be an experience between you and Jesus that no matter what nobody says, that you can go back to. Listen, I've been preaching for over 34 years, and there's sometimes Satan got me reaving and walking, and I can go back to when I got saved, and then when I remember how he called me. When I remember, not, not just saved, but my calling in ministry. Listen, and when I remember how he called me to preach, I then can say, oh, devil, you a liar. I know he called me. I know when he did it. I know how he did it. And it wasn't a figment of my imagination because I don't think I know. Is there anybody in the house that knows? Is there any witnesses in the house that you know? Is there any witnesses in the house that you don't care what nobody else says? You don't care what the world says. You know you're saved. You know he's real. You know he's in your life. You better, 
You better. With the wave that is coming against us, you better know who you are in Christ Jesus. You better know where you, you know what? Time is out for standing in the middle. You got to choose whose side you're on. Tell your neighbor, choose whose side you're on. Choose whose side you're on. Are you on the devil's side or you're on God's side? I don't know about you. I'm the Lord's side. It's personal. It's personal. It's personal. See, one of the benefits of chasing the Lord, it keeps on giving you confirmation that you're his. God will keep, won't, won't, God, won't God speak to you through a song? Won't God, won't God, when you need something, won't God speak in a way that you know he's speaking to you? It's amazing how God will take something and make it personal. Make it perfect. It's exactly what you needed. And you would say, and you would say, well, how, they didn't know. So how are they speaking to me about what they don't know I'm going through? But yet, it's per- I got it. I got it. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Look what he says. He said, what's this? You are my servant. Will you turn your and say, I'm his servant? God is not my genie. God is not my genie. God is not about making me happy. He's about giving me joy. But, but, but when I place myself as his servant, it's no longer about me. No longer about you. He created you for himself. Do you know how awesome that is? Listen, your sense of value should not be about how much money you make, your title, how cute you are, your dress you got on, your suit you got on, because, because all that is going in the coffin. Your bank account, somebody else is going to spend it. <laughs> but, but, but when you know and the sense of who you are come from I'm my father's child. See, can't nobody steal that from you. You may not have two nickels to run together, but just have, but my father in heaven owned the cattle on a thousand hills. And when he get ready to provide, he will make a way out of nowhere. Listen, listen, you may be sick, but it's like, but my father is a doctor. He don't got his MD, he got his G-O-D. So my God is an awesome God. And my father is God. And he can do what he want to do when he want to do it. And if he don't heal me on this side, he's going to heal me on the other side. The benefits of being his servant and coming up under his covering is that now you are in his arms. I don't understand a Christian that can have all the blessings but choose to have their own way anyway. I don't understand a Christian that, that, that won't surrender to the blessing of God. Let me explain what surrender is. Surrender means that from the yoke he has on you, there's a flow of his personality through you. Yes, sir. Come on, Justin. Come here. Come here. Come on, Justin. 
You are flowing from everything that's in Christ is flowing through you, Amen. through the yoke. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you got to surrender to the yoke. Uh-huh. If you step out of the yoke, the power that he has is not available to you. Listen, still this child. Still, still, still available. But look who moved. Look, he stepped away from the position he's supposed to be in. Your attitude can have you there. Your perspective can have you there. See, it's when we quit listening that, that the power quit flowing. It's not that you're saved, you're just not hooked up. Are you hooked up? Are you hooked up? Let me, let me go, let me, let me say, he said, he said, God doesn't waste movement. God doesn't waste any movement, and he doesn't waste words. So when he chose you, he chose you with a purpose in mind for you. Ephesians 10, no, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. There is no Ephesians 10. Ephesians 2, I just skipped the chapter, went right to the verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, out of the Amplified. Watch this. For you are God's own handiwork. It also can be translated masterpiece, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You've been born anew, which means you got a new spirit in you. You was spiritually dead. Now you are spiritually alive. Say, I'm spiritually alive. Hear me real clear. God is not looking for good people. He's looking for born-again people. Let me explain the difference. God is not looking for how good you are. He's looking to see if he's in you. Because the only thing God sees that is good is himself. Hold on. See, no matter how good you think you are, if you're not born again, you don't have God in you. Because when Adam and Eve disobey, they died spiritually. The day that you disobey, you shall die. They died. What God is looking for is a picture and reflection of himself. You can't do that. I can't do that. The Ten Commandments was never to be laws that we live up to. It was laws to show us we couldn't live up to it. It was, it was to show us we needed a savior, that something was wrong on the inside. And that it would make us fall on our knees to him. That's what it was all about. See, and now, now that you are born again, the Holy Spirit has come and quickened, made alive your spirit, and the seed of God is in you. So when he sees you, I said, whether you act like it or not. God will pass your actions to see if he sees himself in you. Then he's trying to work out, make grow the divine seed that is in you that you may come up. Come here, Justin. When we are hooked up like this, see, most of us want power. The question is, do you got his persona? Because you don't have no more power than you got persona. 
which means that if your attitude, if your thinking, if, 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 if you're not acting like Jesus, forget about power. Because your persona blocks the power. When you come up under the covering of Jesus, he, he now himself flows through you. So when people meet you, they ought to see him. Let me prove it. They, they catch Peter. They catch John. And the, and the Pharisees is after the resurrection of Jesus, after the Holy Spirit has fallen and, and they are arresting them and, and they got them on trial. And the scripture says they took notice that they've been with Jesus. I wonder, is the world taking notice that we've been with Jesus? You know what they ought to say about you at work? They take notice that you've been with Jesus. Hold on, a harder one. Know what our children ought to be saying? They took notice that they've been with Jesus. Why? Because that's what we ought to be exposing to the world. Listen, I hate to say this, it's not about you, boo. It's about being a witness. Witness, not just in words, come on, and my words might be right, but if my attitude wrong, if the persona is wrong, let's go on. Thank you, man. Okay, listen, that you may do those good works, listen, that God predestined. You know what that means? There's a path already laid out for you. Work for you to already do. Listen, people for you to run into. Let me, let, me, let me go back. We just didn't just happen to have a prayer breakfast before the foundation of the world. God set in order that we have a prayer. Matter of fact, we had a prayer breakfast set for a different date, and it was canceled. Y'all with me? So we reset the date. For the prayer breakfast, because there was a confliction in times and date with another situation. So we reset it. Y'all got me. Reverend Dean is working with this young man, and the young man, he befriends, and he asks the young man to come to this prayer breakfast, and the young man come. You think that was an accident? Just so happened that Reverend Otis preached a powerful message. That, 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 that set the house on fire, that moved this young man who was seeking for some help somewhere. Reverend Dean couldn't just love, but instead he brought him to me, and I could have said, I will pray for you and let him go out the door. But I simply said, pray for him now. As I was praying, as I was talking, God started talking. Uh, come on now. So now I asked him about his relationship with Jesus, and he said he didn't, haven't accepted him. I said, do you want to do it now? Listen, a divine moment. Yes, sir. How many people have we let pass us because we didn't have time? How many people that instead of showing the love of Christ, we showed them us? Yes, sir. How many times have we turned people away instead of t- 
turning people towards. Because we haven't realized that it's not the task, it's you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are his ambassadors. You are the priesthood. You're his holy nation. Listen, in all that, he's not talking about what we do. He's talking about who we are. We are Christ to the world. Ambassadors of his kingdom. Look, look what he says. Go, go, go back. Okay, go back. Go back. Listen, pass that he, watch it. Past which he prepared ahead of time. That means that it just didn't happen. It was already prepared. Now watch this. But, but when it happened, did we recognize it was him? He said, I will order your steps. You know what I found out though? I can make other steps than what he has ordered. And then when I get in trouble, I wonder why he did it. And God said, you're not supposed to be over there. You're supposed to be over here. Amen. Go back to um, Isaiah 43. I'm almost finished. We're almost out of here. Let me get to this. Isaiah 43. You are my witness. I have chosen. Watch this. That you may know me. You know, this know in the Hebrew is that you may have intimate relationship with me. That I will reveal myself to you. Listen, the problem isn't that God doesn't reveal himself. The problem is that we don't take it in. Had a relative years ago, and, and this is the story wasn't saved. His wife was a godly woman. He was on Erie Lake in a boat with some friends, and a storm rose. The boat turned over, and everybody drowns but him. And he says, he's in this boat that's turned upside down, and over him shined this light all night long in Erie Lake. And it gave him the strength to hold on. And there's no explanation for the light. Because it wasn't a light bulb. Came, joined church, started serving God. A couple years later, he left the church, left his wife, left, even started dealing with witchcraft and everything else. Listen. Just because you have an experience don't mean you're allowed it to get in. All right. yes, sir. Don't ever think your, your experience is your salvation. There's a lot of people who have had experiences. Judas had an experience. Judas experienced everything the disciples experienced, but it didn't get into his heart. God can show up and show out, but it doesn't mean it got into your heart. Amen. See, see he said, know me. Here, here he says in Luke, they said, Lord, I knew you. I preached for you. I did miracles for you. The Lord never said he didn't. But you know what he said? I never knew you. You never let me in. You never, you never, after all that you saw, all you experienced, you never opened up your heart to me. We never had an intimate relationship. You had religion. 
You use my name. You, 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 my name has power all by itself. <laughs> Let's go on. He says, he says, he says that you may know me. Listen, and believe me. Listen, when, when you know him and you have experienced him, can't nobody move you off your belief. There's some things you ought to know. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's some things you ought to know. Listen, and the more you walk with him, the more you experience him, which means your faith in him gets stronger. Look what it says. He says, he says that you may remain steadfast. You know what, you know what he says? He's saying, unless you know me and have experienced me, when the tests come, you won't stand for me. He said, but, but, but when you've been through something, let me talk to somebody. When nobody could help you but Jesus and he showed up right on time, you ought to know something. When your child was sick and the doctors didn't know what to do, but Dr. Jesus came in the room and changed things around, you ought to know something. When, when you didn't know how you was going to make it, but something, somehow or another, God changed things. He changed people's hearts. He changed, listen, some of us should have been dead a long time ago. But God, but, but God, is there anybody that has had a but God experience? And you know in your heart that there's no other explanation, but God stepped in and he brought you out. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? Is there... When that happens, should nobody be able to move you off of what you know? The devil's going to try. Well, I tell people, go back and remember. Listen, you shouldn't forget what you used to be. You know what? I'm not even ashamed. You know why I'm not ashamed? Because it gave me a testimony. Oh! I would not be the person that I am if I had not been what I've been through. But since the Lord brought me out, I'm not ashamed to stand flat-footed and say, he did it. He did it. He brought me out. He carried me through. Would have lost my mind. But Jesus is a mind regulator. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? Listen. Steadfast means when nobody else believes it. Steadfast means when folks make fun of you because of it. Steadfast means that if you got to go all by yourself, you're going to go by yourself. Steadfast means when family are talking about you. Steadfast means when friends don't understand you. Steadfast means that, that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. He will hold you. He will touch you. He was. My question to you, is it so strong you don't mind sharing with other folks? Is it so strong that something 
takes over. And, and he shows up in your conversations that you start sharing with folks because you're not ashamed of him. Oh, I, talk about football. And somehow it leads to Jesus. Talk about fishing. And I talk about the fisher of man. Somehow. Matter of fact, if it doesn't lead there, I try to take it there. Because everybody needs to know my Savior. Everybody needs to know my Lord. Everybody needs to know how good he is. But that should not be because I'm a preacher. That's because I'm a Christian. Where are you in being a witness to the world for him on purpose? Hold on. Can I, I just, just give me another man. another man. Even the way you do your work ought to be a witness. You know, you be in a restaurant and they are by the time they get your order, it's cold. Not because it's been sitting there, because it took them a half hour to get there and back. If your boss was hiring other people, would they want somebody like you? I remember. It's a phone call, and it was this job. He said, I'm looking for the pastor, and I'm the pastor there. He said, do you have any Christians at your church that needs a job? I said, huh? He said, yeah, I, I got this Christian on my job who works so good that I want to hire other Christians. I almost got scared to give him some names. Because I wasn't sure if they could keep up with the reputation, whoever this person was. How's our witness to the world? Have we made what we want our agenda bigger than what we've been called and created to be? See, anybody can do church on Sunday. Even the devil do church on Sunday. The devil's right there by your side, talking in your ear right now. He don't know what he's talking about. He don't listen to him. <laughs> but it's when we allow him to infuse our lives and live the life that we can't live on our own. It's when there's an anointing and a power that comes because we're in his presence. Amen. Amen. It's when the burden of trying to live it is lift. And, 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 it's, and it's just... It's, 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 it's the, out of the innermost part of your being shall flow rivers of living water going into every part of your being to give you power that he will live through you. 
He said, when people come and ask you, and, 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 they don't, and, and, and they, you're in a situation where you don't know what to say, he said, don't worry about what to say, because, because I will be in you and give you what to say at that moment. It's, when, it's awesome when he shows up and you know it's not you. Listen, you don't walk away from big head. You walk away humbled that God used you. It's experiencing the living God, the Holy Spirit that abides in you, and he shows up and flows out of you, and you begin to say, Lord, this is real. Not religion. Guess what? And you don't have to have a suit on. You got blue sheets, you got blue jeans on, and the Holy Spirit will flow through you. (laughs) Not about what you dress on the outside, it's how you dress on the inside. Listen, he's real. He's real. He's real. The power of God is real. He's so real. And he want to be real through us. You are a witness because of your experience. And he will allow you to experience even more. God, open up your heart. God, give him your life. And the power of God will fall, be released through you. Somebody needs him today. Somebody needs him today. I got preachers here that want to talk to you. That want to share with you Jesus. Who want to show you that he's real. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he comes in. And the beginning of the relationship starts there. Lord, if he's pulling you, come on. If he's talking to you, come on. If the choir comes, come on. Every Christian ought to be saying, touch, Lord. Release, Lord. Your power, Lord. I wanna know 